Welcome back to the podcast. In this next series of sermons, we're talking about our purpose, our mission, and our values here at First Pres. We're calling it the Bare Necessities, which might seem a little silly, but you'll understand as we go along. We're using the Gospel of John and the Book of Genesis. I hope you enjoy it. So in today's scripture reading from Luke 10, our Lord told Martha that few things are needed or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. So between the busyness of hospitality and the study of God's word, Jesus says that Mary has made the better choice to sit at Jesus' feet, listening and learning and getting to know more and more about him. Mary is a beautiful example of what a disciple-making disciple who practices biblical literacy really is. She's not a theologian and she's no biblical scholar, but what she is, she's a friend of Jesus. And she recognizes that he speaks for God. She sees him as her Messiah and Mary is prepared to give him everything. In our imaginations, we see her in this video, in this interview of sorts. And just personally, I love how Mary freely asks that interviewer, do you know Jesus? <laughs> That's just perfect. So it kind of makes me wonder if you know Jesus. Perhaps you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, right? Or maybe you've been through a tough time, a trial, and you've met him in that. But what I wonder is, do you really know the person of Jesus Christ? Do you know the truth with a capital T? Do you know the light of the world? Do you know the word? As the beloved disciple John first refers to Jesus as the word. So listen here from John chapter one, starting at verse one. In the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The gospel according to John opens with this prologue. It's actually the first 18 verses. And it's this beautiful, poetic introduction to Jesus. And as you can see, John's gospel does not begin with Jesus' birth or his lineage or, or even his baptism. Instead, this gospel echoes the creation story in Genesis. In the very first verse, the text encourages us to be biblically literate, to turn the pages of our Bibles all the way back to the beginning at Genesis before time began, to that moment when God interrupts the chaos and speaks the cosmos into existence to make this connection from Genesis 1 in the beginning to John 1. In the beginning, 
was the Word. The concept of the Word was familiar in Jewish thought back in that day. Now, they refrained from ever endowing it with human form. But for Judaism, the Word was the voice of God speaking to his people from the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And thousands of years later, Jews still encourage and maintain that that voice of God speaks if one musters the patience, listens intently, and studies the text to hear him and to know him. So the beloved disciple John employs this widely known idea of the word in his day. And then he uses it to refer to the active divine agent of Jesus Christ, the real person who lived a real human life. For us as Christians, the word becomes the incarnate son of God. That's that's God in the flesh, that's God with skin on. The fully human and fully divine Jesus then makes the Father known to humankind and provides the way of eternal life. So in this prologue, in these 18 verses, and only here in this Gospel of John, the word is used to represent Jesus. And then from from that point on, John no longer uses the word to reference Jesus in this special sense. For the rest of chapter one, all the way through to John chapter 21, John presents the person of Jesus. In this prologue, Jesus is also referred to as the light. So here in verses nine through 12, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That light does more than just shine. The light of the world enlightens every person's spirit, mind, and heart. This very light was in the world from the beginning, always in the world that he had made, always illuminating all humans. And yet, because of the hostile darkness of this world, this sin-stained, stainful sinful world, the world did not recognize the light. In Greek, the word for recognize actually means to know. We can say the world did not know him. The world did not acknowledge its obligation to him, did not give him its faithfulness or its loyalty. But those who did receive the light, who did believe in Jesus' name, to those people he gave the gift of life. That's the right or the power 
to be children of God. And that's the authority that's given to all who know the person of Jesus Christ today. So only John's gospel names John as the word. Sorry, Jesus as the word. Um, It goes on to declare Jesus to be eternal. He was existing long before time was measured. The fourth gospel goes on to declare Jesus to be personal. He was with God. And in this prologue, we can see from the beginning of time that Jesus was creating. He was revealing. He was redeeming. He was God in the flesh. He was God in action. And fully human and fully divine, Jesus was God in person. To those who knew him, to those who walked with him, to those who sat at his feet. So today we might not have that opportunity to literally walk with him or to physically sit at his feet. And I'm just so jealous, aren't you? Unlike Mary, we cannot physically host Jesus in our homes. So we have to take a different route to personally and truly know him. If we're to be his disciples, if we're to make other disciples as he calls every one of us to do in the Great Commission, he tells us, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and do the great commission. Well, if we're to fulfill this assignment, then we need to know the very person of Jesus Christ through means such as gospel fluency, spiritual formation, focusing on missions, and being biblically literate. Soaking in God's holy word in the Bible. Oh, I encourage you. Bring your Bible to Bible study. Bring your Bible to worship services. Bring your Bible to your morning cup of coffee or tea. If you don't own a Bible, come see me. Nothing would make me happier than to give you a Bible and help you to start seeing Jesus revealed in it, the person of Christ. Well, continuing on in the prologue here in John at verse 14, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This declaration that the word became flesh, that Jesus dwelt, or in the Greek you might say he pitched his tent among us. He lived among us in his glory, in his grace, and in his truth. And this statement continues the Genesis creation story and reveals Jesus to the world to everyone with ears and hearts that are willing to hear. And so I wonder, do you know 
that person? Do you know him like the disciples knew him? Seeing him, hearing him, day and night, 24 seven for years. Do you spend that kind of time with him continually learning about him? Do you know him like Mary and Martha and Lazarus knew him, his closest friends, studying the word with him, experiencing joy and grief with him, continually learning from him? Do you know him like Mary selflessly knew him, washed over with complete love and gratitude for his forgiveness? for his steadfast love, continually learning and honoring him. One of the ways for us to know Jesus more fully is through biblical literacy. Immerse yourself in the gospels telling us about Jesus. Immerse yourself in Peter or Paul or John in their letters. They knew him and they wrote about him. And 2,000 years later, they still provide us with opportunities in our Bibles to become intimately familiar with him, with his story from the beginning. Now, Satan would like to plant some seeds of doubt in this. Well, Sabrina, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be biblically literate. Yes, I have a degree in divinity. Yes, I'm ordained to be a pastor. But do you know, every time, just like you, when I open the Bible, something new comes to me. The Holy Spirit speaks fresh and new from God's living word. His word is useful in all situations. And in good Presbyterian fashion, we know the word to be effective for salvation, that we must attend to God's word with diligence, with preparation, with prayer, with faith, with love, to lay it upon our hearts and to practice it in our daily lives. As we read in Luke, Mary truly is this beautiful example of a disciple-making disciple who practices biblical literacy. I invite you to model her devotion to the person of Jesus Christ. And just like Mary knows, sorry, just like Jesus knows his friend Mary, so Jesus knows you. And he knows you better than anyone else does. He even knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you like he knew the Samaritan woman at the well, or like he knew Nicodemus, or any of the other people we encounter in the Bible. So why not get to know him at a deeper level, a more familiar and intimate fashion? What better way to know Jesus, to truly know him, than to soak in his word for us, to learn the biblical narrative that carries us from Genesis all the way to Revelation and to see Jesus at work 
in our lives. We will bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit when we're immersed in God's word. And then we'll share it with others, just with one other someone. The values that First Prez holds. Mission focus, spiritual formation, gospel fluency, and biblical literacy. Each one is a means by which we know the person of Jesus Christ more and more. Becoming biblically literate is not just about scholarship or just reading a book or even gaining knowledge. Chad has preached before that the longest distance is from our head to our heart, right? Taking what we know intellectually and turning that into action that's motivated from our hearts, oh, that's pure wisdom. Really knowing the person of Jesus Christ as the Bible reveals him. That experience is something that elicits change in our lives and will never be the same if we intimately know our Lord and Savior from these Bible stories, from these gospel accounts. And when we live as disciple-making disciples who are continually becoming biblically literate, that elicits change in the lives of others. So being part of that transformation of head knowledge to heart knowledge in someone else's life, man, that's the greatest gift that we can give a friend, a family member, a neighbor. Amen. Amen. Holy Father, please write your word upon our hearts. Help us to claim it, to know it, to know the word, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we will know him more and more, to know him deeply, to see him in ways that we've never, ever considered before and that you will use that in us with great courage, with joy, to share with one other, someone. In his name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.